Welcome to another edition of Fitness for All. And on today's podcast, we have Dr. Tim Cyril, who is a naturopathic doctor. Welcome to the show. Hi, Cam. Thanks for having me. Ah, thanks very much for being on it. I wanted to start off uh, with your practice, and I was doing a little bit of research about you, and I really liked how you uh, described yourself in your uh, bio, where it says, few people have the aha or light bulb moment in life, and you've been very lucky to experience it. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, I... Uh like a lot of people in uh, their careers these days, uh, went through a change um, kind of in my late 20s, early 30s, where I was doing something that was um, enjoyable for a period of time. And then it stopped being so. And I was like, is this really what I'm destined for in my career? Uh, and it was at that time that I did some uh, searching around. Uh, I, I didn't quit my job yet, but I'd done some searching around. And started to look more back in my roots. I was working in the, uh, in the sailing industry. I've got a passion for the water as well, but uh, I realized, you know what, this isn't really going to work for me. So I went back to my medical roots because I did, uh, I did pre-med at university and, and I'd always kind of done work in, in the field for, uh, for the first couple of years in my career. So I went back to that and I found some friends that had done some naturopathic medicine. I found some friends that had done uh, the more traditional Western medicine. And uh, I just started learning more about the, the two paradigms. And I, and I really hadn't known much about naturopathic medicine. And, uh, and, and so I started chatting with both sides of the fence there. And, and really, that's when I started to realize, wow, all of the things in naturopathic medicine line up philosophically with what I believe in. And, uh, and then I learned more about the program and the more I started going down that rabbit hole, the more it felt right. So it was not until really uh, I started the program um, when I was like, okay, this is for sure what I need to be doing. And it was really, it was really a great moment because uh, it, it took the pressure off having to, um, you know, focus on, on money or what other people thought. And it really just became about, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. And, you know, even uh, how many years down the road am I now? I'm several, several years um, after having graduated, uh, I still feel the same way about what I do. And, uh, and I wish that more people had the opportunity to, to find that passion and their, and their calling in what they do. And uh, yeah, that's, that's really what it's been for me is, is a calling. So that's what it was several years ago, and I'm still doing it today. That's fantastic. Uh, for our listeners that uh, might be new to the idea of naturopathic uh, medicine, can you explain a little bit about what that is? Sure. Um, you know what I'll do is I'll give you the little the little chat that I tell uh, new people when they walk in my door here. Uh, they they said either a friend had told them to to come see me or they had heard of naturopathic medicine and they found me on Google, but they don't really know what's going on. Um, so what I traditionally tell them is um, natural coming to see me uh, as a naturopath is much like going to your family doctor, except there's two major differences. The first major difference is the time that I spend with my patients. Uh, when you go see your family doctor, uh, you go in, you sit down, and you have um, what's been well now known as the recorded national average of five to seven minutes 
of saying, okay, here's what's going on with me, a brief little history of it. And then the doctor writes something on a piece of paper and say, thanks for coming in, off you go. Um, in that time, they don't really have enough opportunity to delve deeply into what's going on. And, uh, and, and oftentimes you're left with, okay, this either worked for me or it didn't and I need more. So with me, my first visit is traditionally an hour and follow-ups are 30 minutes or 60 minutes, depending on what you know the two of us agree is most worthwhile for you. Uh, and in that first hour, I really get to delve into what's going on with uh, your symptoms right now or whatever it is you're looking for. And, and then I can start asking questions about what may seem unrelated things, but uh, bring it full circle and show you how it's all related. So the goal here is to learn about you know, one symptom, two symptoms, 10 symptoms, lab tests, family history, gathering all of these little pieces of the puzzle. And then once I have enough of those pieces, I'm better able to see what the picture looks like underneath. And once you can better understand what's going on, it makes treating a lot easier. So that's the first, uh, the first difference is the amount of time that I spend with my patients is really being able to get uh, down to the, the nitty gritty of uh, what's going on with absolutely everything and putting all the puzzle pieces together. And that leads me to the second major difference, of course, is how I treat. Um, as mentioned earlier, the family doctor is likely to write down a prescription or referral to another specialist or a requisition for some testing. Uh, and the first thing that I do with my patients is I like to uh, discuss and educate on diet and lifestyle because absolutely every single condition and symptom out there is affected by what you put in your body and how you live in the world around you. So uh, I really spend a lot of time focusing on that with patients. Uh, but after that, if uh, the diet and lifestyle changes are not enough, uh, then we can talk about supplementation. And, and supplements, I'm sure you and, and a lot of your listeners are aware, uh, can be a large range of things that you can find at just about any health food store now, or even pharmacies and grocery stores are selling them. But the idea of supplementation, of how to do it properly, I like to approach it in two different ways. Number one is kind of the long-term approach. And this is what you'll see most places are selling. Um, you know, people are buying fish oils and probiotics and vitamin D. And, and I believe all three of those things should be consumed on a long-term basis with a you know, little asterisk uh, for individual cases. But that's more of a long-term approach to supplementation. Uh, because I believe that those products um, are actually, you're, you're able to get that better from supplements than you are from food. And then you get into the more acute supplementation. And I like to refer to them more as a crutch. So a good example would be if you're walking down the street and you break your leg. Uh, as horrific as an accident that that might have been, um, nine times out of 10, it's really not life-threatening. And it's just a major nuisance that we have to, to get over. And my apologies to any listeners that have gone through that. Uh, but my analogy is that um, once you break your leg, you can no longer continue to walk on it like you once were. Your body will never get back to the way it was if you continue using your leg the way you did. So a lot of times I end up dealing with um, gut and digestive issues, but, you know, I can extrapolate this to respiratory, cardiovascular, hormonal, you know, you name it. Um, once the system becomes, quote, broken, um, you can't use it or expect it to work the way it once did. And so you need a crutch, or in this case, I'm using supplements to help take the weight off and allow the body to heal and then we can slowly remove that crutch against once the body's in a position where it can you know, handle the load it once did. 
so after supplementation, I do a lot with botanical me uh, medicine. I do a lot of traditional Chinese medicine. So that's not only diagnosing from uh, through the eyes of, uh, of the Eastern medicine, but it's also treatment, uh, which includes a lot of acupuncture, uh, medicinal herbs, etc. Some Ayurvedic medicine, more traditionally, I use the herbs with Ayurvedic medicine. Uh, there's a lot of interesting research with Ayurvedic herbs in the treatment of every single condition out there. Uh, I've done some work with homeopathy and hydrotherapy. I used to do a lot more with basic physical medicine from chiropractic to massage, lymphatic drainage, etc. But I happen to work in a clinic with some amazing uh, physical practitioners. So I don't tend to do that as much anymore. So that in a nutshell is what naturopathic medicine is about is, is spending more time with patients to allow us the the time to better understand uh, the patient's concerns. And then of course, how we treat uh, can be a long list of uh, things in our tool belt that we can use to, uh, to bring the body back into better health. And you mentioned about using that crutch um, in order to be able to help them to uh, get back uh, to some sort of normalcy. Um, once you have something broken um, in your body, can it go back to the way it was fully or... Uh, it, it, it can, but it, it really depends on the extent of the, we'll use the word break here and the, and the system that you're talking about. So, so much like a broken leg, um, you know, there's a chance that it won't set properly and it won't heal properly. There's a chance that, you know, there was some tendon damage and muscle damage and it will never get back to the way it was. Uh, but, uh, when you're dealing with the gut, uh, that is, and, and that's what a lot of people really come to a naturopath for, but, you know, we can go into all kinds of other areas if we need to later on. But if we're talking about the gut, um, assuming that there's nothing physically damaged with the gut, you know, let's say you, you had a, a spear thrown the middle of, uh, through the middle of your body, you know, mm -hmm. if, if uh, through the resulting surgeries, um, you know, there were some strictures or things didn't get, didn't heal properly, you know, there's only so much we can do, but if, if without the, uh, without the anatomy or physiology significantly being affected, I do expect a lot of uh, a, a lot of cases to return to 100% normal. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, in today's world, um, for me anyway, it seems like people are eating a lot of processed foods uh, rather than natural foods. So, um, is that one of the reasons why people have such um, gut problems? Uh, well, Cam, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to extrapolate causation from there. I'm not in the business of finding out, um, why certain things might be causing other things. I think there's a lot of researchers out there that are better equipped to do that than I, but I can absolutely see a correlation between a lot of the foods people are consuming these days and a lot of the conditions they suffer with. So again, without drawing a direct line of cause, um, I tend to help people towards a more whole food and natural diet. And we do see a lot of things change. And that's not necessarily just the elimination of processed foods. There are foods that are considered natural and organic that cause people issue as well. And it's really mm -hmm. understanding what these foods are doing uh, to us from an inflammatory standpoint. And then once we remove those inflammatory agents, uh, you know, health can be restored. 
And, uh, you know, I know I've said a few things already in this talk, and my goal here is not to, to put anybody down, you know, with doctors, etc. I talked about how they only have five to seven minutes. A lot of doctors can do wonders in that amount of time. And, and it's really just mm -hmm. the system has been set up to, to limit medicine in that regard. But, but to talk about food as well, you know, I want to talk about the food industry. I, I don't believe the food industry is out there to hurt people. You know, they're trying to do well by people. At the same time, they are a business. They're trying to make money. But in that, in that um, desire to make money, perhaps there are things that people don't foresee happening down the road. And uh, definitely with the uh, uh, addition of chemicals and uh, dyes and things we can't pronounce on the back of labels, there are, although these individual ingredients are tested and, and presumed safe in for human consumption, you know, we are starting to see some longer term correlations with processed foods and, and dis-ease or, or, or more health concerns. So yeah, I definitely see a, a, a change in, in people when they are able to clean up their diets. Oh, absolutely. I can uh, certainly, um, you know, potentially see a correlation uh, between that as well. Um, and, and you did talk a little bit about, you know, how you have uh, a long consultation and uh, you're able to spend uh, a bit more time with patients. Um, with the way that the health industry uh, was and maybe still is to a point, um, you know, the more, majority of people are go to your family doctor and see them and they'll be able to help you out. Um, is that uh, attitude changing and are more people going to see a naturopathic doctor? And if not, um, how do you talk to a person to let them know that, um, you know, you, they can come to you as well? Mm -hmm. That's a great, great uh, couple of questions, Cam. Um, number one is the is the the system changing and, and people needing more naturopaths. Um, I believe that the the two should exist together. I don't think that one should necessarily choose to come to me versus the medical doctor. Um, I think that there's a place for both of us in someone's health. You know, if someone if someone you know, cuts themselves and they need some stitches, I don't want them coming to me. If someone breaks their leg, I don't want them coming to me. If someone's had, uh, I had someone in earlier today with IBS, um, they've gone through their family doctor and they've gone through the rigmarole of testing and they realize that, okay, there's nothing more sinister here than they should now be coming to see me. Uh, that said, you know, I can send them for the testing as well, but I, I want people to understand that naturopaths are very well suited for more chronic long-term complications than the acute issues that might show up. So again, it's not necessarily an us versus them. It's a, what do you need? And make sure that whether it's a medical doctor, naturopath or anyone else, make sure you're finding the right practitioner for the condition that you've got, because there are people better suited to treat you um, depending on what you've got. Now, how this might be a slight aside here um, based on your original question there um, the paradigm of medicine changing um, i'm assuming you're talking about covid and post covid um, i'm finding i'm doing a lot more video consults with patients which is making everyone comfortable and i know that a lot of people are doing video consults with their family doctors as well 
but I believe there is still a strong need uh, to be reaching out to medical professionals, um, even if it seems inane, because uh, we've all used Dr. Google before where we've hopped online and say, oh, you know, I've got a cough. What does this mean? And, and Dr. Mm -hmm. Google tends to spit out a ton of different uh, potential ideas to you. And, mm -hmm. and, and really, I, I want people to get out of the habit of self-diagnosing because it, it's a real rabbit hole out there now. And especially with COVID, you know, oh, I, uh, I, I got a rash on my arm. Do I have the coronavirus? You know, well, maybe you do, but Google's not going to answer that for you. You really should be talking to a professional, which can sort through all of the information you give them. And, and give you the proper diagnosis. And, and regardless of where we are post-apocalypse, um, I still see there's a strong need for the medical profession and both the medical doctors and naturopaths together. And I believe your second question, um, my apologies if I, if I got it wrong, was um, how am I getting myself out there to make sure that people know that it's still safe to come on in? Um, is that essentially what the question was? Yeah, whether it's a COVID or just getting people to realize that, um, you know, a naturopathic doctor uh, can be the way to go because, and I could be wrong in my assumption, um, but I think a, like a majority of people um, would go to their family doctor and not necessarily a naturopathic doctor, but I, like, am I wrong in my assumption? I, I mean, no, you that assumption and, and there's a couple of reasons at least in my opinion as to why your assumption is correct um, number one is your family doctor is free here in Canada which is which is great going to a naturopath is not although most people have the benefits that would cover coming in to see us going into your family doctor is quick you know it's kind of the reverse of what I was suggesting earlier go into your family doctor get that quick fix off you go whereas coming to see a naturopath it's a little bit more more involved than that the, the right type of naturopathic patient is the type of patient that realizes, okay, I don't need a quick fix. I need a real sustainable long-term fix. And that's the type of patient that needs to come see a naturopath because I mean, the society we live in these days really is about quick fixes and I don't begrudge people mm -hmm. trying to find quick fixes. So going to your family doctor for a quick fix for, you know, whatever it is you need go and sit in their office for a couple minutes, you get what you need, off you go. I understand how there is great appeal in that. And the fact that you don't have to pay for that, bonus. But for those people that have been suffering long enough and realizes the quick fixes aren't working, those are the types of people that need to be coming in and consulting with a naturopath. Absolutely. And uh, do you have, uh, for the listeners, um, kind of any lifestyle ideas or um, maybe the top uh, lifestyle changes that you would uh, think a person should do just naturally? Uh, great question. And this is going to be a nice tie into what you guys do at, uh, at uh, you know, Fitness for All here. Um, number one is sleep. Uh, I think that a lot of people aren't getting the good quality sleep that they should. Uh, and there's a whole lot of things that sort of line up with that, the depth of sleep that they have sleeping, the, the, the level of comfort they have while they're sleeping, the amount of disruptions they have while they're sleeping. You know, I've got three young kids and a dog at home. You know, I know all about being disrupted in the middle of the night. Uh, but sleep is number one. If people were to spend more time concentrating on getting a good night's sleep, uh, I think that would be number one. 
Number two is managing stress. Um, stress is one of those interesting things out there that um, no one can tell you uh, exactly the health consequences that it causes, uh, except that we know that it causes everything, or at least is a contributing <laughs> factor to everything. And so managing stress becomes a big one. Um, uh, I like to talk about meditation with patients, but it, meditation is, is that got that weird um, uh, connotation to it for some people, but it's really the idea of understanding when to let go of things. That's really the, what I'm, I'm trying to uh, um, emphasize with people. And then exercise becomes a big part of this too. And I know that you guys have a, have a wonderful um, network and, uh, and, and a list of things that you're able to uh, help people with, but um, exercise becomes a huge part of it. And, and I think that you can do exercise the wrong way. And I think that that's why, uh, you know, companies like you guys exist is to help people do it the right way. And, uh, and then of course the right way, we all know the health benefits of, of staying active, right? Everything from better, uh, functionality and, uh, and staying on task at work to, uh, strength, all of course, the health implications, the longevity of life, um, the the staying active is really a huge part of it and and although different people like different things some like going to the gym some like working out at home some like playing sports some do different things than that and and my whole uh, task with my patients is to find the things that they like that they are willing to continue to do and and that's really what i suggest is number one sleep Number two is managing stress and using tools like meditation and exercise and yoga and stretching and all of that stuff to help maintain an active lifestyle. And where do you see the naturopathic uh, industry going, uh, you know, in the next few years or into the future? Wow, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I'm still dealing with the after effects of uh, opening practice post COVID here. And I haven't had a chance to wrap my head around what does it look like five years from now in this uh, post world? Um, I don't, so naturopathic medicine is interesting in that it's been around for a very long time. Um, what's now called naturopathic medicine a hundred years ago was just called family medicine. So we've been around for a long time. This type of medicine has been around for a long time. This type of medicine is not going away. Uh, there's an interesting um, parallel between sustainability and what naturopathic medicine offers. So I think that there's, you know, as the, the world population increases and who knows what the world's going to look like five years from now, I think there's going to be an increasing drive towards sustainability uh, and, and how one can tie one's health into the whole sustainability movement. And I think naturopathic medicine is, is perfectly poised to be part of that. Um, as far as what, a, you know, on a more uh, microscopic level, what individual practices would look like, um, I'm already seeing there's far more uh, video consults happening uh, than ever there were before. Uh, people liked coming in and having that person-to-person uh, -person contact but obviously these days things are a little bit different. So more video consults, which, which creates a more global market for, for us within reason, um, you know, still being a doctor, we still have to be able to perform physical exams when necessary, but sometimes it's not 
possible and sometimes it's not always necessary so i do see that um, you know one's uh, one's clientele can can become more global from uh, from that regard uh but uh yeah so to answer your question in in, in a short summary um I, I don't see naturopathic medicine going anywhere. I see it lining up well with the whole sustainability movement. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I see that uh, video conferencing is going to become a more commonplace practice uh, in a lot of cases. Yeah, and I think uh, video conferencing, um, whether it be your industry or other industries, I think it's going to be uh, definitely advantage and a bonus to be able to do that moving forward. And I think that's one of the things that uh, coronavirus um, has taught us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was one of the first people, you know, uh, probably even a year ago to say that I believe social media is driving us apart and, and technology is driving us apart. You know, one, one could go to a restaurant and see, you know, a couple sitting there and each of them are on their phones doing something different uh, or perhaps even texting each other, who knows. Uh, and, and I was firmly of the belief that technology was driving people apart because we were losing that human to human contact. But through this whole coronavirus thing, it's been absolutely necessary. Um, pe- people have been downloading video conferencing th- uh, you know, uh, uh, apps and, and, uh, and sites in droves. I know there's been a lot of issues in terms of these sites being able to, to host that number of people. You're seeing new apps come out of all of this and, and technology has really kept people together through all of this. So it's been absolutely astounding. Uh, I think that people are still hurting for that person to person contact. And, uh, and I think that we're starting to see that a little bit more in society, uh, especially more in the smaller towns. You're, uh, you're starting to see that a little bit more, especially outside in the summer here. But uh, technology is keeping people uh, in touch where perhaps we wouldn't have been able to, you know, even five years ago. So, um, you know, slight, a, slight aside here, a little anecdote. Um, my parents are of, uh, you know, World War II vintage and uh, were from England. And really uh, back then they were on rations and they were told to, you know, hide off the streets, et cetera, for fear of bombings and uh, being exposed to the enemy. And, uh, and a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, this is just like those times where people were really having to hunker down. Um, but my parents um, pointed out that the, the major difference between now and then is back then you were encouraged to be with other people. Uh, so although there were all these food restrictions, uh, you couldn't buy things at the grocery stores, of course, which we're, we're seeing these days, maybe not so much anymore. But uh, the major difference back then is the, the human contact they were allowed to have, whereas, of course, now they're still being discouraged from doing so, or at least encouraged in a smaller number. So um, they say that it's actually harder now than it was uh, back in World War II. And, and I wasn't there. I don't know what it's like. And, and, and really, there's something to be said for human contact Absolutely. that no amount of technology is going to be able to ever duplicate or uh, replace. But it can, it can help in the interim. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's what it is doing. It's uh, helping uh, compared to if we didn't have the technology and we would just be doing phone calls. Um, I remember the rotary uh, dial-up. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, with the technology today that we have, um, it, it's, uh, you know, it's a Band-Aid until we're able to be able to hug one another again and being uh, closer contact and being able to talk to people face-to-face, which 
um, I think is absolutely necessary for a healthy lifestyle as well. Yeah, I agree. And uh, that's the, you know, that's the other side of this that, that not a lot of people have talked about, but I've definitely seen a lot in my practice is the mental health aspect. Um, although, uh, you know, a lot of people have gone either way in terms of their health. Some people benefited greatly from being at home, making their own food, being around loved ones. Um, a lot of people have benefited greatly from that. Some people have suffered because they've not been able to get the follow-up healthcare that they've needed. But what is not often talked about is the, the mental toll that this has taken on a lot of people. It's been very stressful. It's been, you know, uh, a lot of people have had worse anxiety just stepping outside of their own houses than ever they did. And so I think that, uh, you know, continuing to talk about that and continuing to reach out, whether it's through social media or these video apps that we were chatting about, continuing to reach out to each other is, is still vitally important at this time if we can't get uh, you know, within six feet of each other. Absolutely. And uh, Dr. Cyril, if somebody wants to get a hold of you to talk to you a little bit more about your practice, can you let people know how to uh, reach out to you, be it, uh, you know, through social media or any means necessary? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, the best way to reach me is, is through my website. It's uh, Dr. Tim Small. ND, so that's Dr. Tim, D-R-T-I-M, Searle, S-E-A-R-L-E-N-D for naturopathic doctor, dot com. Um, everything that you could possibly need to find out about me is there. Uh, but I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Pinterest, I'm on Twitter. And although I don't have an active profile all the time in all of those places, um, everything you need to find uh, is on my website. And there's links out from there to all the places that uh, you could potentially try to find me. So that's the easiest way. My email address is on there as well. Uh, and my office information is on there. And everything you could possibly find out is at Dr. Tim Searle. Perfect. Well, Dr. Cheryl, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And I certainly hope to have you on the podcast again, where maybe we can get into a discussion about uh, mental health and mental wellness. Yeah, you know, that'd be great, Cam. Anytime. I'd love to be on. And, uh, you know, if there's any specific questions that uh, any of your listeners have as a result of this, you know, fire my way. I'm happy to respond to those as well. And uh, maybe that serves as another good starting point for another discussion down the road. Absolutely. I'll make sure that uh, we put that on the website and uh, maybe we'll get some questions for you. Maybe we'll do like a hashtag Ask Dr. Seal. <laughs> Perfect. That'd be great. Thanks. Okay. Well, thanks for being on the uh, podcast and stay healthy. You too. Bye-bye.